Now to pull on the headphones and see how it sounds. Oh, that's great. Welcome to the November 29th, 2021 edition of the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey reviews, always in podcast form, for those who don't have time to start their own Odyssey review podcast. I'm your host, Michael LaFaver. Let's get started, shall we? Oh, it's been this long and we're finally talking about Rydell again on the Odyssey Scoopcast. Last time this happened was 2016, and this is what Garrett had to say about it. Mori is mysterious, knows how to manipulate people, and it sounds like he enjoys it. It's possible that he did something so bad previously that his whole family had to move. The most likely case, though, is that Mori is a recovering, power-hungry, functioning sociopath who is literally just creating mysteries, partially to mess with Jones and Parker, and possibly also partially to help his sister fit in at school. Turns out he was right! So, after all of this, I have talked at length on my other podcasts about what I think about the Rydell saga, and if this isn't your cup of tea, please feel free to skip this one. We do get a bit negative, but I personally think it's warranted for this episode. Now, you may be wondering, wait a minute, wasn't Christmas Bells the next episode? Well, yes. What we're going to be doing is we're covering Let's Call the Whole Thing Off this episode, the team next episode, and then we're going to be going into Christmas Bells, and then the rest of the Album 71 episodes. So don't worry, we're not skipping any episodes. We just thought covering these episodes earlier would be a better use of our time. Although covering them all, I think, is a terrible use of our time, but here we are. So with that out of the way, get ready for our long review of Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Alright, the next episode is episode 909. Let's call the whole thing off. This was written by Bob Hoos, directed by Phil Lawler, sound designed by Luke Gano, and music by Jared De Pasquale. Where do we begin? Good question. Maybe the I mean, beginning. <laughs> the beginning's Let's... a very good place to start. I feel like Let's the sing. ending would be better, though, because these <laughs> reviews aren't chronological, so we can start wherever we want. Exactly. Well, starting with Chris's commentary. Let's talk about not having any idea what message you're trying to portray to your audience. How about that? (laughs) Because if we go by Chris, you would think that the main characters in this were Buck, Jules, and Emily. Whereas the main characters are Emily, Mori, and Suzu. Yeah. Who learns a lesson in this story? No one. <laughs> so at first she kind of, she's like, do you think Emily should join the team? And this is like right after they say, no. hey, we want you to join our team. No. And that's the first thing that she says. Of course, we all are like, no. Yeah, no. Please don't. Please no. <laughs> but, but then she talks about how the Bible says that a good reputation is good. You know, like she points out. Oh, how we can, can make be... that joke now. No. Why? I am. I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. You're perfectly fine to make that joke because this is the only place you can make that joke. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue. AIO Audio News has no power here. <laughs> I hate everything. So she, saw, she talks about how her good reputation is valuable, and it's true. The Bible does say that. But then she says, she talks about how Jules didn't want her reputation ruined and how... Uh, that's why everything happened the way it happened. And then she says that you should talk to God when you're embarrassed or things like that. And you don't have to concoct a wild scheme. Just talk to God. 
And hmm. that's the it's gist well of, I guess, good. the lesson we're supposed to take away from this episode, maybe. Even though Jules doesn't will, appear anywhere in this episode. It feels right? like the episode, if we are going from Chris's perspective, the episode was written to be about Buck, Jules, and Jay. And then they just completely scrapped all of that, kept a few parts of that, and threw Emily and the rest into the mix. Not only Emily and the rest, but Emily, Maury, and Suzu, for that matter. And honestly, right. I do feel like an episode where Jewel, it starts with Jules losing her journal, and then she talks to Buck, and then Buck ropes Jay into it, and they all go about tr- trying to do this heist of the journal, but then they get caught, and Emily is just not a part of it at all. That sounds like a way more interesting episode to me. Yeah. Yes. Considering the the weird reality that we're in right now, it does make sense that they would finally have interactions with Buck and Jay and maybe eventually Jules and to see how everyone else interacts with them. (laughs) And seeing Maury completely destroy Buck is actually a little funny. Yeah. (laughs) This is true. This is true because (laughs) both of these sinister con artists have this sinister con artist past. Yeah. So now they're both. Buck walks in into the office. Emily's grilling him, and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And Maury says, you just picked the school office door lock, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. There are, there are a couple of really clever lines in this episode, but oh, yeah. overall, it it seems like we're mostly meant to think, these characters are so ridiculous, and Emily is right for not trusting them. That's the message I walk away in this episode. Uh, that's, that's the message, the message Emily walks away from it with. Yeah, but is that Which... the message that the episode's portraying that she should? Mm. I mean, here's this here's something kind of yeah. was. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was I was reading on the the message boards on the Scoop Odyssey Ooh. Scoop website. Okay. And I was like, I wonder what other people are saying about this episode. Maybe there's people that have a slightly uh, rosier perspective on this whole thing. Ha. And someone someone on there was writing uh that the fact that Emily keeps voicing her doubts and frustrations and distrust of wit and anger with all that's going on is basically shows that the writing team recognizes this and it's still a problem and they'll eventually have to address this which they haven't yet and then not not you know, spoiler alert they don't in the next one uh, yeah uh, and i don't want to really. i don't want to judge this episode on the basis of the next one but that's exactly. really fair coming off of red Hill revelations it seemed things seemed hopeful in this episode because Emily was voicing those doubts, and that's good. Yes, yeah. I, I just hope that, you know, she's dealing with, she's talking about these frustrations. She doesn't trust Wit. She still, I mean, so since she doesn't trust him, they're going to have to, Odyssey's going to have to deal with this. And I feel like the writers know this. Hmm. And I say writers because I realize it's like the whole team, and we don't know which one's going to deal with that part of it. No, oh, yeah. But Marshall, um, please come in and save the saga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the showrunner, right? So he kind of decides what goes with the, the different characters. I'm That's not willing they... to impute that kind of venial <laughs> sin to him. Or is it mortal sin? One of those two. I don't think Maury, that... <laughs> I am inevitable. And I am Marshall Younger. <laughs> oh, man. So to me, like, Emily seems to be the only voice of reason in these episodes. It's this one specifically. Um, because she's still frustrated and not getting it, and I really hope that that stays. Maybe Emily's speaking on behalf of the the audience. Like Absolutely. my only hope is that in the episodes in the future, that somehow this will all put all come together. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding my breath, but I'm <laughs> hoping that something happens and that the 
the, the problems aren't just glossed over like they were in Rydell Revelations. Oh, you're smart, so you can handle it type of deal. Yeah, it's weird here because we weren't really seeing Rydell Revelations through Emily's perspective. But now that we are, we're not seeing the main conflict here. We're not seeing the main pushback the audience is having to all of this. Because this episode was written before the Rydell Revelations was released, presumably recorded before then. So when Emily says oh. all of her ire against the Rydells... She says, My relationship with Matthew is rocky, and I blame you. I don't really trust Mr. Whitaker all that much anymore, and I blame you for that, too. We're very sorry. You two are destructive. You played games with me. You embarrassed me. And you made me angry. I'm angry all the time. I've been praying that God would change me, do something to erase these feelings, but they're still here. Nowhere in there does she say, You made a death threat against me. Or, <laughs> you controlled my life. You put yourself in a place above my life and above my actions that you should not have had. That's the big deal here. That's Maury's biggest problem, I think, in The Good in People. The way he sets up Olivia like that. And Emily presumably knows about this at this point. And unless that's in the playing games with me, being destructive, I don't think that's exactly it. I think... Partially, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. think it, but... It could be that Bob Hoos, in writing this episode, kind of saw, okay, this is what the audience might have. This is what the audience might think is bad about Mori and Suzu. But, you know, it's okay that Mori's manipulative there. So we're not going to make Emily frustrated about that. We're going to make her frustrated about something that we can resolve in the next episode. And something that they presumably do. They prove that Mori and Suzu aren't destructive or that they don't embarrass Emily, which I don't think they did in the first place. So I feel like... Emily isn't realistic in that way. Bob Hoos and Phil Lawler weren't able to anticipate the exact response the audience would have. Or they did anticipate mm. it and just completely disregarded it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I, th I think so. Go and ahead. I think the part of the problem is that we don't have episodes that instantly answer all of this. Like, there's one episode every year, basically, <laughs> Yeah, that, that continues this. And we'll, we'll all, you know, be even more grown up, married, have kids, uh, I mean, starting so. to have gray hairs, and Maury will finally <laughs> apologize. <laughs> or, um, yeah. Or. And even if that does happen, does that fix this episode? Does a future episode uh, being better fix this saga? No. <laughs> no, right. no, not yet. No, no, I would say, like, it's all a contained story, so eventually forgiveness- The whole story. And everything. Forgiveness and apology and all that, if that happens in the future, then maybe it redeems it, but in the moment, it's not great. And maybe it redeems the whole story. I still think the episode itself has got to stand on what we know so far. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so here's a question. Moving off of the kind of- talking about Mori and just the overall Rydell saga and what we think of that- The specific I'm episode? I'm curious- yeah, I'm curious about something else to do with this episode. Yeah, if, go for it. I don't know if... What did you guys think of just the tone and overall structure of just the mystery itself? So not to do with Emily and the Rydells and everything. What about the mystery? Uh, it's not great because we don't get the, the crucial piece of the puzzle, Jules' diary, until the final segment. And before then, you have to suspend... A lot of disbelief, not as much as the next episode, but you have to think, <laughs> oh, wait, Buck is able to do this and that. And in the final segment, Emily asks, how did you do this? And he says, I have my ways. Well, if we didn't know that, there's no way we could have solved this because we weren't thinking Buck was capable of this. 
We didn't we right. didn't know what the, I, the whole thing was. I hit that part and I was like, what? Bob, come on. That was the <laughs> whole mystery. Come on, How Bob. did the phones get stolen? <laughs> How did they get planted? Why was this person right. able to get all of that? Like, he says that I have my ways. You have your ways to steal the phones of three school admin and, and then plant, plant them in them three students' three desks? Incredibly <laughs> smart students' desks? And on top of all of this, like, Buck is just like, oh, yeah, I have my ways. And <laughs> no one is blinking an eye like, you stole their phones, dude. Like, you're There's not nothing. you're not in the right here. This isn't cool. Does he get detention? This- I assume he does, yeah. He, he better, yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I came away with this. Like, there is no moral resolve to this episode at all. Nobody gets into trouble. Like, Buck gets no consequences. The middle schoolers have to pick up trash. Big deal. Like, and Maury's enjoying picking up trash because it was a exactly. good mystery, right? And he's supposed yeah. to be the one who learns the lesson here because Emily is glad to be picking up trash with him because she helped get him into that trouble. Does he care? No, not at all. No, he doesn't care. Jay doesn't care. Like, Suzu and Emily don't care. And Buck gets nothing. We hear nothing. Not even, I'm going to talk to your parents, or, you know, I'm going to talk to Eugene and Katrina, and, or I'm going to call your high school principal. I'm calling yeah, Detective that's... Pole House. There's nothing about Buck. And the middle schoolers get, like, a slap on the hand, and they have to pick up two pieces of gum wrappers off the grass. <laughs> and that's it. Like, what is the point? Like, if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a nine-year-old, Listening to this story, and I see this this uh, crazy extrapolated tale of a mystery that has is is uh, goes over my head, <laughs> um, and then um, hint, this is kind of what Chris said in the ending. You don't have to make up a big old story about this. I feel like this is a big old crazy story. But what is the moral of the story? Hmm. These kids did something crazy. They got in, and all they had to do was pick up trash at the end. Like. Because what, they what the use moral? their skills. This is what's they... weird. It's inconsistent. No. If we were going to apply the morals consistently, Mori does all this stuff throughout the saga. At the end, Wit says, I let you do that because of your ability. In this one, they get into the office, they solve the mystery, and Miss Adelaide's like, no, you should be punished for that. I was like, great, that's fantastic. That's what we needed. Yes. But are we supposed to walk away with the moral that they were supposed to get that consequence? I don't think so. I think we're right. supposed to say, what, Miss Adelaide, you're being crazy. And she's really funny, actually, in this, in that she's totally dismissing oh. Emily and Maury and Susie. That's, it's hilarious. It's really great. And Maury's yeah. standing up and saying, no, we want to tell you the truth. And then at the end, she's like, no, I don't, I don't buy into all this. But I don't think we're supposed to sympathize with her. I think we're supposed to think, oh, why is there this injustice against Maury? No, why? So, uh, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic. Yeah. I'm like, thank you, please. Yes. I, the entire time, like... He's Maury's like you broke into the office, dude, and I'm like, um, so did dude, you? <laughs> you asked Emily to stand back and let your sister break into the office, and then you hacked a computer, and then what and he Emily's did? Emily's still going with this, right? <clears throat> and what what he's doing? It. I want to pause right here. This would not be a problem if we believed that the episode was condemning this, but from what we know of this saga, we're in this bizarre universe where this stuff is being condoned. That's why this is a big mm. deal. Like for other stuff, yeah. like Wyatt, like Wyatt's exaggeration from last review, I think we can assume that the episode is to a certain extent not condoning that and that it will be addressed in the uh-huh. future. But with this, we don't get any indication of that. In fact, we've got the they exact ha- opposite indication. Yeah, I think this is this is one of my beefs with this saga so far is that that there are some obvious wrongs 
that need some obvious talks about that this is wrong and not just like, yeah, that was wrong, but just like a, you know, yeah. um, this, like some, some moral thing, some deep conversation. And we've had those throughout the years with Odyssey where they'll sit down and talk about why this was a terrible idea or, or, or whatnot. <laughs> oh. But in this whole saga, we haven't had it. And if they're waiting to the end, I feel like it's going to be useless because again, like you said, we'll all have gray hair by the time they ever get to the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. And Michael, mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up Wyatt because one of my notes <laughs> was that I have the same problem with Maury that I do with Wyatt because <laughs> they problem. both see. Uh, so if I can rant about Wyatt for a second, no, <laughs> no, but don't uh, touch my like, boy Wyatt. Off, He's fine. First off, <laughs> they both say and do things that are wrong. And they have characters in their lives telling them that it's not right. Like, hey, shouldn't do this. Shouldn't say this. That's not true. And then they continue to act like they've never done anything wrong in their lives. Like, Maury, immediately after Emily, saying so many things that's wrong with his conduct over the last however. He doesn't say, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. He goes, hey, uh... Mr. Whitaker has been talking to us, and he's been praying for you. Hopefully you forgive us someday. For the thing we've never apologized for. Uh-huh. Well, and Suzu does say we're really a, sorry. <laughs> I would love to hear it from Maury's mouth, because yeah, Suzu okay. did nothing to Emily, <laughs> generally. True. You know? Like, yeah. She was an accomplice. Like, she, like, she's the accomplice, but she's the one who built the escape room or whatever, because Maury doesn't have good hands or whatever that was all about. <laughs> But yeah. like her building it, she didn't put them in it. She didn't do anything like mm. behind the scenes with like saying, "Hey, well, I'm gonna kill you guys." <laughs> well, she it was her idea. The whole thing was her idea in the first place. She ha- she had Maury hack Anya's design, uh, broke into it herself. Oh. She also it was her idea. Yeah, it was her I, idea. I can't even mm-hmm. track any of this anymore because we're so stuck in alternate right now. But anyway. <laughs> You brought up Wyatt a second ago. Can I can I talk about yes, that for a second? You may, <laughs> please. So with Wyatt, Wyatt's a little kid. Again, we've established he's nine. He says dumb stuff. He exaggerates things. Is that wrong? Maybe. Yes. Sure. Okay. So How many maybe kids- it's just that I have more respect for nine. Like I I've worked with kids yeah. as well. I I started uh, teaching kids in Sunday school when I was when they were two. And I stayed with the same kids as they went up through the grades until they were in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So that's from like age two to age. That's great. with like 11. 11. 11. Yeah. When they were nine, I don't remember ever there being a time where a nine, like there were times that nine year olds said dumb things, but they never said it with major authority. Generally, they said it. And it was them being silly. Like, I'm going to say a silly thing to try to get the adult to react. But generally not hey i saw this thing online and now i'm sharing it as if it's true also i'm concocting wild schemes and taking people's pepper spray as a result well since we're talking about wyatt back in his first two episodes (laughs) in his second episode he says one of his random facts like at the first scene of that episode man of the house he says a random fact his mom's just like oh really and just completely dismisses him and then in the first one he's talking about the greek word for picnic olivia finds out there is no greek word for picnic and she's (laughs) <laughs> She's kind of frustrated. The show right. realizes, the show says that what Wyatt's doing is dumb and will be dealt with eventually. And it's not hurting anyone necessarily. It's still a problem. But then it finally does have some problems in Hurricane Perkins, recent episode of the club. 
Whereas right. Mori, the show itself, is saying what Mori did was right. And I hesitate this. I did hesitate for the longest time to say that, that the show is saying that. I can come down on no other conclusion other than Adventures in Odyssey itself is condoning Mori's actions. And that's hard. That, that's weird to actually like say that. I feel like it's equal. What? That... Equally, characters are calling out Mori and saying, Mori, we don't like what you're doing. Like, Emily says she doesn't like Mori just as much as Olivia say, or was it Olivia or Emily that... I think uh, it was Olivia. Picnic. Yeah. Olivia okay. saying, I don't like that this kid told me misinformation. Yeah, I'm not talking about and the yet, characters at the in same the show. time, both characters continue doing the things and get no consequences. I'm not talking about the characters in the show. I'm talking about the show itself. If you were to have the writers step in or like a, the omniscient narrator mm. step into the show, I assume that narrator would say to Wyatt, Wyatt, you got to calm down. Maury, good job. That's where we get wit. We haven't had I, wit directly interacting yeah, with, with Wyatt, except in, I think it was, it was wit and jumping off, jumping in where he was, yeah. he was shooting straight with Wyatt and we didn't get a specific, I didn't, don't think we got a, a direct addressing of the, the weird facts or the, not the weird facts, but the conspiracy no. theories that Wyatt believed. And hopefully we right. will eventually. But we have had the direct addressing uh, by Wit to Maury about what Maury was doing, condoning it, and lying to Emily to cover for Maury. That's or, well, rather that's... Wit Wit doesn't condone everything. He does talk True. to Maury in the second episode <laughs> and say, "I don't manipulate people." And he also talks. <laughs> he was wrong uh, later, and he's and later he's like, um, "Guys." you you can't do these things and they're like well we didn't do anything illegal and he's like well i'm not so sure about that but he yeah. he's when he said when he says you've got to use your gifts he's not saying everything you did was right he's saying that's why i didn't step in immediately is because well it seemed like emily might uncover anything anyway i wish that's what he and, was saying i really don't think that's what he's saying i think he's mm. saying everything you did was right and the consequences and are, it, yeah, oh, you have to deal with the consequences of Emily not being your friend anymore. And <laughs> of, I don't manipulate people. He realizes at the end of episode three, oh, he does manipulate people. Okay, well, that's fine. That is the resolution to the conversation in episode two. The end of episode three, Rhino Revelations part three, is the same conversation as at the end of part two. They're the same. And the resolution is more, you were right, right? I suppose. And ah. I guess it depends on... I think it, I think it depends on the, on the writer, too, because... No, definitely. There are so many different writers for yeah. all these. Like, it's not just Phil. Right. It's, like, mm-hmm. Bob, who's here? And then... That's why I'm always pushing back here. Yeah. The, who wrote the next one? Next one's Phil. Phil Allen. Okay. Yeah, which makes so perfect it depends. sense. I feel like there's possibly... <laughs> there's this moment where... I just imagine Alex Jefferson is doing a tour of Focus on the Family. He's like, what's this next episode about? Unity. So let me ask you. Is all of that? Mr. Walton is now experiencing bitter irony. Oh, be be quiet. That's a great reference. <laughs> that is definitely something I've been thinking about as I've been listening to like some of the earlier episodes that dealt really specifically with half truths and honesty. Mm-hmm. Like that was a major theme back in the like post Novacom era. Um, that's where I'm listening right now. Yeah, and like it was it was huge about what you said was it was I didn't tell a lie. Well, you told a half truth. You know, like when Marvin stays at Mr. Whitaker's house, this sort of thing. Like it was really dealt with then, but I feel like more recently the episodes have not addressed that so much. Like honesty, what is that? There's lots of that kind of like you know is is it I I I don't know. I feel like um this might be just some 
either the philosophies of the of the writers or different ideas and i feel like mm-hmm. it's not being i i don't appreciate personally from my my own like personal ethics think that that the way odyssey has been dealing with the whole on- honesty question has been great mm-hmm. in the recent episodes it's there's sort of a culture among the characters of we can tell half truths or even just outright lie and get away with it because the focus is on different things. Mm-hmm. I think, like yeah. Mori and Suzu, yeah, they lied and they tell they they didn't they weren't open about a lot of stuff, but that's okay because aren't they interesting? I wonder what they're up to next. <laughs> uh, I wonder where this story is going. Pay no attention to the lies behind the curtain. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of this started with Phil Lawler's episode Millstones in the club in July. And then yes. the next three episodes that were released after that were the Red Dove Revelations. And Millstones, Phil Lawler mm. has said, is his basically his thesis statement for what happens in the Red Dove Revelations. In that sometimes mm. there are things that may seem wrong or may seem right, but maybe they are right if you're looking at it from this perspective. Or maybe they're wrong in this in this scenario, but right in this scenario. That's why I'm saying that... Wit is saying everything that Maury and Suzu did was right. Maybe not absolutely. Mm. I don't think it was right. But right. Wit allowing oh, we it. know that. Wit saying that it was good. <laughs> for him, Wit is not God. And for Wit to come back in this episode and to hear that he's talking about Emily with Maury and Suzu and that he's saying, yeah, you should go ask her to join your team. The questions that I have about that are, why is Wit putting himself in this place? Or why has why have we put Wit in this place? To decide this kind of right and wrong, and only if he's going to do this. Those are the questions that I have. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm sad that it's it's there, but I don't really have anywhere else to go with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only two great places to uh, two places, not great ones. Two places <laughs> to go with this in my mind. Yeah. Either Wit says, "I'm sorry, I made some mistakes," and not just a glossed over. I think he kind of gave a half-hearted apology in Rydell, but. Meh. Um, like Wit, Wit either needs to come out and say, I really let this go too far and this is part of my fault and I need you, Emily, to forgive me or I would like you to forgive me because this is what I've done. Even I can make mistakes, you know, that sort of a thing. And mm-hmm. I would say, okay, yes, you know, that, 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 that could do it. Or they just gloss over it and this, this remains just a big open-ended, is it okay to do these things? Is it all right to lie if I think it's going to... Uh, help somebody honestly has been pretty clear about that up until this point but now kind of like maybe and while some of those questions are interesting for like a a college philosophy ethics class they're not good for nine-year-olds i mean and even for us i've gained so much interesting discussion from this whole thing but i don't think you have to sacrifice your your integrity of like what you do with your characters to do it and Mm -hmm. part of and part of this question is i think odyssey saying that or Having Wit finally say that in the finale of this long arc that we're playing here, having Wit say something like that would be like Paul McCusker saying, audio drama is not the best form of storytelling. It feels like it's <laughs> that kind of a thing where they're not going to say it because they don't believe it. I don't I don't know if they believe it themselves. I don't know what's any, what's going on anymore because we haven't had any solid statement from the team. And I'm wondering why. You didn't need to. Yeah, uh, unity. You, you didn't, yeah. Okay, I need to go back and re-listen to BTV behind the scenes. Now you got to think about that. It's a great episode. I I listened to it not too long ago. So speaking of good episodes, uh, not not this. But um, (laughs) I know that you guys said, or I think Michael was saying how he liked um, Mrs. Adelaide's. 
a bit. Uh, yeah. Stu- uh, stuff it a bit. Is there anything about this episode that we liked? That's a good point. Mm. Um, I like the sound design. Luke Gano does a fantastic job. I also like the music. Yes. It's, a, it's, it's a little bit weird, but it was played a to a certain mm. extent to where it didn't bug me. And it was low key enough and interesting enough that I really liked it. And that's that's as much as I can say about this acting to a certain extent. Music and sound design were also pretty good. Yeah, sound design. I believe I was trying to when the when Buck. No, not Buck. When Maury and Suzu and Emily are at the computer in the office. If you listen carefully enough, I think you can almost hear Jay calling out in the far distance. What? <laughs> oh, I think so. What? Either That's that or so I was cool. hearing something from. I but I was like, "What is that? What is that? That could, is that Jay? Like, I heard something. <laughs> it could have just been my wife on a on a Zoom class, but I'm pretty sure it was Jay." <laughs> Go back and listen um, to that. That's really, yeah. that's really interesting. The other thing that I thought was good with this was, I mean, this is basic storytelling. Like, they definitely, at, from the get-go, made Suzu and Mori seem suspicious, suspicious that they were behind this. Yeah. And listening to it, most many people would think, oh, this is probably them. What? It's not. It's Buck. What? Like, yeah. you know, I don't think that's uh-huh. a great ending. But, you know, the the writing, I feel like the writing was was decent for what they were trying to do it's just yeah <laughs> we've come to expect that the writing's gonna be pretty good and i generally like bob who's stuff i think he was just dealt a really hard hand in having to write the follow-up to revelations and the precursor to the team and like that in between yeah, episode for right. him I, I think he did the best he could given the pressure around him and maybe he agrees with it i don't know i don't know but i, I struggle in how i'm going to like how I talk about this episode with other people because it's, I don't like to be negative. I really don't. I wish I could right. be more positive, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's something I think that there needs to be accountability for this if they're if the episode is going to say this, and if it's not, then great. Let's let's find out that in the future. But um, in the meantime, Odyssey is always really really good in terms of the the quality of production oh, yeah. and actors and the writing. It's just yeah. it's so weird that this is going on right now. That's all. I, yeah. Those are my final words for this. I feel like one one more thing that I thought was positive mm-hmm. was I realized Bob Hoos is really great at writing episodes that are set in a classroom. Yeah, he is. Like yeah. I, I was like, wait a second, isn't this the the, the writer who brought us called on in class and oh, some of those other? Oh, did he write called on in class? I think so. Oh, the wiki the wiki's down, or else I'd look it up. The wiki's down. Um, what? Oh, okay. Sorry. He, I, I'm pretty sure he wrote called on called on in class, and this like the whole setting in the detention was like a perfect detention scene i was like this is great like i i have questions about why the characters did what they did but the writing of making it seem realistic you know why wasn't this what's the other guy's name mr grabowski or something like that grabowski so we shouldn't really be in detention anyway oh i knew i should have picked up a new bottle of aspirin i just thought it was a great funny classroom setup and i think that's like, uh, I wonder if Bob Hoos has worked in classroom settings before, because this is just, like, mm. awesome. I, I think he does a great job with that. Yeah, I agree. It does feel very realistic. And overall, I'd say, as far as the episode, I think one thing that it did all right was keeping me interested. Throughout oh, yeah. it, I'm, I'm always kind of like, okay, what's going on here? And in the end, it's like the payoff isn't amazing, but at least it seems overall to wrap things up and generally play the part of getting us to that last scene effectively. And I think that, like, getting us to a point where Emily, by virtually no fault of her own, is stuck with the Rydells and has to face them and tell them what she thinks of them, I think that it does a good job of that. 
And in the end, I do feel like the conversation they have overall, like from the conversations we've had throughout the Rydell saga, I feel like this one is written the best because, or like at least from a not gaslighting Emily perspective, (laughs) because she's able to say things honestly about how she feels and what the Rydells have done wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's not amazing because it's not like they, they break down and say, you know what? We apologize. We're sorry. We'll give you space. Like that would be perfect, but they don't do that. And that's because they got to set up for the team, which is fine. Like the team has to happen because it's an episode they had in the chamber. And Phil was like, Hey, can you put in a line at the end of the episode, Bob, where they ask her to be on the team? And Bob's like, that doesn't sound like the reasonable end of that that script, but whatever. I'll, I guess I'll put that in there. It wouldn't surprise me. That's how it feels. It. But it's fine. No. It's like I feel like they did a decent job, or Bob did a good job as far as having that conversation happen. Mm-hmm. And how it resolves isn't amazing when you take into account the next episode, but yeah. how it is portrayed here. If you were to just expect what you're expecting without that last sentence of, hey, will you join our team? Everything is fine. Like, it's raw. It's honest. It is? Yes. Well, for Emily. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. And I'm going to abide by my own maxim and not rate this episode based on the future episode. It's it's fine. (laughs) So I guess we'll come back next time and talk about... When we talk about the team, talk about how uh, how my opinions might have changed on this episode. But in the meantime, <laughs> I remember when I heard it. The last scene was uh, last scene was pretty solid, and I'm glad that Michael. Emily are you okay? Do you need aspirin? I have not been okay. <laughs> I am never okay. We've established this. How about we just do the ratings? I will take some ibuprofen. Let's do though, the ratings. If you have some of that, no. Uh, you guys want to go first? I went first last time. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give this because it is a decent. Like as far as the storyline, I'm okay with kind of enjoying it as it goes along that's my positive for this episode though due to the negatives of the mystery being kind of eh, and then maury existing (laughs) and um but also taking into account the music and everything i think i'll give this a solid four cell phones out of ten timmy you want to go ahead moral is big for me like this story the moral at the end really Mm. didn't set well and so while I like the acting, I think the characters are great. I even like Maury and Suzu as characters. I think they're great. But I feel like you should I... reconsider that, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just hear something? I just heard something. <laughs> so let me ask you. Is all the... No, sorry. <laughs> is your rating for this episode? Good. Uh, not really. If you think four out of ten much-needed bottles of aspirin is a good rating, then you can take it. <laughs> I think we agree on this. I, I think four <laughs> out of ten Deus Ex Machina Jules Diaries is a good rating to give this episode. I love four it. Four out of ten what? Deus Ex Machina Jules Diaries. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, yeah. I'm glad that Ryan was able to help us find some positive things to say about this episode because... This would have been a lot harder to listen to if he hadn't. Maybe it was hard anyway. I have no idea. (laughs) 
Anyway, that's gonna do it for the Scoopcast this time. If you absolutely hated this episode, please let us know. Go to odysseyscoopcast.com and leave a comment on this episode or on any other episode. You know, if you're listening right now and you haven't left a comment yet, tell us if you like or don't like the show or give us recommendations of what we should do, episodes to cover, people to have on, stuff like that. We love getting feedback. If you'd like to talk about this podcast or about Adventures in Odyssey or about other topics related to Odyssey or otherwise with other Odyssey fans, you can do that on our message boards at odysseyscoop.com forum. And you can even like us on Facebook, maybe even repost some of our status updates at facebook.com slash odysseyscoop. And to keep up to date in Adventures in Odyssey news on one of the oldest running fan sites, you can go to AIOWIC, I'm sorry, odysseyscoop.com. Well, that's going to be a wrap for this time. I'm going to go beat my head against the wall because I have to listen to the team. I'm Michael LaFaver, and remember, never be without the Odyssey Scoop. Do you think Jules' diary is, like, important to this arc? Like, what as is As important as Suzu's diary was, as in not at all. Uh, <laughs> right? All right, let's end this madness. Let's stop recording. Amen. Uh, you see, I'm going to...